Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. My name is Allison Yanez, and today I am joined by my co-host, co-wrangler, Jacob Murdoch, and our special guest, Berta Gutierrez. Hi, B. Hello. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, today we're joined by Berta. We decided to have her on because we want to do an episode about nature, uh, nature overall in the United States, and talk about nature here in Nevada. So we've all been uh, residents of Nevada for a long time, and we both have dif- we all have different experiences with nature. Um, some of us are relatively new to this, so I wanted to have on the experts and kind of ask you guys about your expertise. So um, let me start by asking you guys, what was your first outdoor experience? experience first question for mm-hmm. you allison yeah. is this nature <laughs> currently no okay is that, is that what you were you had the giggles yes. just now <laughs> he was struggling <laughs> we'll tell that story a little down the line yeah <laughs> i'm gonna start because he can't control himself no. yeah <laughs> so actually my first um the first that I, the first that i remember of like connecting to nature was back in el Salvador, where i'm from um with my family we used to go to the beach and to the um, botanical gardens. Sorry, mm-hmm. I was having an ESL moment. I'm like, ¿Cómo se llama? ¿Cómo se llama? It's okay. Uh, the botanical gardens, which in El Salvador, in San Salvador, they're in the middle of the jungle. Right. So um, I always had a special connection with nature. Um, but when I moved here to Nevada, one of the first places, one of the, the first hike was at First Creek in Red Rock Canyon area, and I was like, how is this the desert? It was just so mind-blowing how um, there was water, there were trees, that, like, and in, in the, I think it was like an hour hike, we went from being in the middle of like dry desert to seeing, what are they water. called? Creeks. Water. No, I'm thinking oh, about the, the little animal. The crawfish. crawfish. Yeah, we saw the crawfish. Yeah. Which are not native. They're invasive species. They're invasive, yeah. but you see them out there in the desert, and you're like, how are you surviving, bro? That's true. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're not. Well, they are, though. They are. They yeah. are surviving. Are they? Okay, good for them. <laughs> they should come down to Las Vegas, and we'll make some um, crawfish etouffee with them. They're not that big. That's fancy. I don't know what that means. Okay. (laughs) And how about you, Jacob? So for me, um, I mean, growing up in Colorado, the outdoors was always like a part of my life. But I think at first, my first experiences were were as as Allison likes me to put it, hunting and fishing. So my dad, my dad was and still is a hunter, um, and uh, he also grew up fishing. So we would go out. um, So from an early age, I would go out with him hunting, um, usually birds uh and I was never very good at it but that was a lot of the time so sometimes you know depending on that what we were hunting we'd go out for walks like walking while while hunting so essentially hiking while hunting mm-hmm. um but then also um you know early on we started going as a kid we started going to the Rocky Mountain National Park um and which is amazing if you haven't been there it's my favorite of the national parks probably because I grew up with it um but so we'd go there a lot I mean I started going there when I was four did you um, ski no. No. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Just no. you're hiking? Yeah, hiking, walking around, looking at the history. Um, Rocky Mountain National Park is really big, and there, but there are a lot of hikes. 
um, a lot of history, uh, particularly about like settlers who who lived there, and then the Native American tribes who lived in the area as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, going back to what uh, Berta was saying about the botanical gardens in the in the jungle. So, for our listeners, you all know that. Um, as of very recently, I got into nature. I was very much a city dweller, but because of all the people present, um, I got into doing outdoors things and camping and everything. And that kind of set the tone for some of my trips last year. Last year, I went to Chiapas, which is um, a state in southern Mexico. It's on the border with Guatemala. And it is just the jungle, but on steroids. It's like mm-hmm. insane. There's just shrubs and trees and bushes and flowers just growing upon each other, and they're choking each other, and you you need a machete to get through it. And I just... Right. Yeah, right. you really do. I feel like a machete is like one of the things that you have to have in life. And, and you I think still it's, don't have one. You think it's an exaggeration, but you really do need it because it's just a wall of vegetation to get through it. But I just remember going hiking and actually a Mayan gentleman, gentleman took us through the forest and we were eating termites and he was telling us about mm-hmm. like the medicinal properties of the vegetation and everything. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to cry. It was just so, so moving. You also encountered some yelling monkeys. I did, yes. Supposedly they were, what did I, what type of monkeys did I tell you they were? Capuchinos? Capuchinos, which are really, really small monkeys, but the noises. Coffee? Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. They're more of a cafe au lait kind of guy. Um, Yeah, they're these little monkeys, but they make these noises, they make, they emit these noises that sound like it's an orangutan, like just going to town on his brother. It's crazy. We have monos capuchinos (laughs) in El Salvador. And I have never heard the sound that you, the sound that you mentioned. That that was crazy. Yeah. I was like, no, that was like a like a possessed monkey. It was, and it was really insane because we were actually at the we were in um, Yashchilan, which is an old Maya uh, ruin. So there's a bunch of pyramids, and it's the jungle, and you have the monkeys. So it has like this surreal, just kind of like paranormal vibe to it. Anyway, it that's was awesome. it was really cool. But like that's a trip that two years ago I would not have uh, contemplated. So I uh, I thank you guys for that. No, you are <laughs> welcome. You wouldn't have liked encountering the burrows in. Red Rock two years ago. No. She wouldn't have gone to Red Rock. Well, exactly. Well, well, she would have been to the Super Summer Theater and, and I, had had a wild burrow come up to her, she would have yes. so been we've, non, none we've, too pleased. We've talked about this before. Yeah. So I actually, I do like going out to Spring Mountain. Right. Uh, Spring Mountain. Spring Ranch. Spring Mountain Ranch Spring State Mountain Park. Spring Mountain Ranch State Park. But I do go, I go to see plays, but they do have the wild burrows, and I'm always, like, mortified. I would be mortified. In the past, I was mortified. I was like, these animals keep them away from me. This is too much nature for me. But now I embrace it. Yeah. So uh, what what kind of, <laughs> what places do you guys like to go to here in Nevada? Okay, so I um, love Red Rock, especially because it's so close to Las Vegas where I live um and there's several places where you can go for just a quick hike which hiking is just like walking outside Mm -hmm. in nature right um it's an american term in mexico we walk in nature i know i didn't Mm -hmm. learn that like i didn't i don't think there's a a term for hiking. there isn't it's just walking in nature walking in nature yeah (laughs) it's dramatic walking because she's like huffing and puffing yeah but um, you're out of shape yes not you, like I was people. Like, Wait, no. <laughs> so just outside of the loop at Red Rock, if you don't want to do the whole thirteen mile scenic loop, you can go to First Creek, or you can go to 
um, New Oak Creek. Those mm -hmm. are two that are just passing the, the, the loop before you get to Spring Mountain Ranch. Mm -hmm. And you can totally see there's um, a little bit of a parking lot on each of them where you can just start the hike. And it's just going in one hour and then coming back out. Mm -hmm. um, but Red Rock is really special. And I also love Valley of Fire. That's, I think that's when I have more time. I love making a day of going to Valley of Fire. How far is that? It's about an hour. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you go up on the 15. Yes. And then you exit on, um, it's exit 75. It's where the one gas station, the first yeah, gas the, station. The Moapa gas see. station, right? Yes. yes the Moapa um, gas station. You exit there and you just follow that little road for about 15 minutes. And then you just get to the park. Like that leads you to the entrance. And you can also get through it to it uh, through Lake Mead. Okay. So it has two different entrances. Can you describe the, ge the geography of the area? What does it look like, the landscape? Mars. <laughs> it yeah. looks like another planet. Um, actually, the first time I went, that's one of the things that just took my breath away. You go in and you are in between this, like, you know, the desert, mountains and everything. And you go into this valley and all of a sudden you're surrounded by red rock. And you're like, What? Where am I? Um, the first time I went was actually in the spring um, of a couple of years ago, but everything was blooming, and I didn't know that there were flowers out in the desert. Yeah, I'm like, what are flowers. all these beautiful flowers? Um, it was so much color, so I loved it. Actually, that first time, it had just rained, and you know how in the desert, like, a rainstorm is like 10 minutes and then it's done. <laughs> it's like super heavy and then it's done. Well, I didn't know that when I went. So I went into the visitor center <laughs> and I asked one of the rangers, I was like, okay, so since it's raining, like what can, where should I go? Where, where is it safe, you know, on a rainy day? And she was like, oh no, it's okay. You'll be fine. You can go anywhere because it's going to be gone in five minutes. <laughs> and sure enough, by the time I get out of the visitor center, it was clear. But because it had rain, the colors of the rock of the sandstone were so vivid so i was tripping that whole day <laughs> it was beautiful so jacob how about you uh where do you like to go in nevada so other than red rock and and valley of fire which of course are amazing um and i would say valley of fire is probably my favorite place as well um but i really like spring mountain ranch which is right outside of red rock it's still actually it's a state park but it's a part of uh, the Red Rock Conservation Area. It's just managed by the state. Mm -hmm. um, I like it because there's a combination of history, particularly like the history of Nevada. Um, you get to learn about the ranch and ranchers that lived out there and kind of what homesteads would have looked like, you know, less than 100 years ago. But, well, actually right around, probably right around 100 years ago. Um, but then also the hikes there are really pretty. Um, you get a different view of a different canyon than you would at Red Rock. Um and so it's it's also a little bit more accessible. That was actually one of the first places I went to when I moved to Las Vegas um, almost 13 years ago. That was one of the first. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say probably my my other favorite place, again, going a little bit outside of town, is Paranagat, which is a, um, a wildlife refuge. And so that is uh, also you take the 15 and then get off on... I think it's 93 north, like you're going to Idaho. Um, so you're going towards Alamo, and it's right, right, right before Alamo. Um, and it's a beautiful, like, 
it's a wildlife refuge. It's a where bird migration comes through. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. Looks like you're a million miles away from Las Vegas because it's like rolling hills and water and all this wildlife. Um, and we, of course, have all been out there a couple times. We have, have actually camped out there. And during, it was actually right around this time uh, mm-hmm. where we, last year, we saw some bald eagles too, which was awesome. Yeah, that was oh, fun. That was, a, that was magical. That was really awesome. <laughs> I have never witnessed that thing before. Oh, that, it was magic. That was the most free any of us have ever been. <laughs> Was when we saw those bo- that bald eagle, yes, <laughs> yeah, and that's and again that place is is super cool too because you can camp, you can go spend the day out there. There's picnic tables, um, and it's you know easy to walk around. There isn't anything too intense there. I mean, there's a beautiful walk around the lake, which is what we did when we saw the bald eagles, um, and it was very 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 nice to be out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it does feel like you're a world away from from Las Vegas. That's the beauty about Las Vegas that you can just go. I'll say 30 minutes on any direction and you're in a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And we didn't mention Mount Charleston either, which is like, which is a, a mountain island um, uh-huh. where it's like a totally different, you know, you're, it's like you're in the Alpine mountains of, you know, Colorado or Utah and it's totally different. And of course it's 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you guys, uh, your thing is mainly hiking and camping. But for our more uh, adventurous listeners, what other types of activities um, can people partake in here in southern Nevada or other parts of the state? Windsurfing. Windsurfing. <laughs> Windsurfing, <laughs> yes. Wow. Actually, I have no idea what that even means, but I brought some maps and I was like, you can do windsurfing here? Hmm. So it was, it was out there. I mean, definitely backpacking, which is, you know, most of what we do our group of course is car car camping so we drive to a place we have our car nearby we camp we still stay in tents and whatnot but um there are a lot of places where you can go backpacking so you're you're off the grid you're you know you pack everything in and pack everything out Mm -hmm. um and then also rock climbing which is definitely not something any of us do but it is very adventurous and red rock is actually one of the best places in the world Mm -hmm. to mountain climb i mean we have world famous some of the best mountain climbers in the world you are referring to alex honnold yes hashtag that's right (laughs) who has a the movie out i haven't seen it have you seen it no i haven't okay um what's this about it this guy goes out there and he um climbs up whatever mountain he wants without any any um free climbing uh-huh. Yeah, it's called Without free. Any, it's called free climbing or solo climbing. Free. Well, he does free solo, which is there you go. He's with. He's by himself without any like. Like Hard. he right. Well, he wears a harness, but there's he doesn't take paths that like are already set. So a lot of times there's like things you can hook into because there's paths already set. But also because he's doing it by himself, there's like no one on the other line that's like you know belaying him that can hold him up if he falls off. AKA he yeah. could die at any right, moment. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh god, he has. Quite a few films, actually. Like, right. this last one is... I is it the Half-Dome one? it's connected with National Geographic. Oh, okay. Yes. But that... he's done all kinds of films. That's actually how I um, how I know of him through through films. He has a couple of really funny ones that are called um, Sufferfest and Sufferfest 2, <laughs> where he basically <laughs> goes... The first one, he bikes um, with a friend... To California, and they climb. You know, <laughs> this is a great. You're synopsis, turning to me right? like I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. They climb a whole bunch of mountains, right? 
by they're biking to each one of them. So they are like, oh, Jesus, their legs are destroyed by the end of it. And he's in a little bit of a better shape than his friend. So it is freaking hilarious. So that's, that's how funny. I fell in love with, yeah. with them. Even though I have like, I would, I'm, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of stepping on a chair. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's, I mean, definitely more adventurous there. You, you've got it there. And Red Rock is, I mean, you go to Red Rock, you see people climbing all the time. So speaking yeah. of harnesses and bikes, what type of gear do people need um, when they're going out to the desert? You need some shoes. They definitely don't go in chanclas. You what need are, some what are clothes. Chanclas for non-Spanish speaking. Chanclas. Uh, chan- I feel like chanclas should be a universal word. They, you cannot. You should not be out with open toes like out there. Mm-hmm. So flip flops and things like that. You shouldn't or sandals. Well, spe- uh, open toe things. What kind of uh, animals are uh, am I going to encounter? Insects, like scorpions, tarantulas, uh, snakes. Is it dangerous I mean, hi- out there? Hypothetically, you could. I mean, I've been in Southern Nevada for 13 years, and I've hiked every single one of those years. I've encountered a snake one time, and that was in Death Valley. <laughs> so it wasn't even in Nevada. I have never yeah. seen a snake, but I have heard horror stories. So yeah, um, yeah. So there's there's all kinds of things. I feel like the, what you're protecting your feet from is not animals it's just a prickly desert like you don't want to harm yourself so close those shoes definitely um you can have hiking shoes if you're gonna do a really a really hard um hike where you go and there's a lot of change in elevation and there's a lot of gravel but if you're just going for a walk um tennis shoes are fine Mm -hmm. right and pretty much every all the trails we've talked about and places i mean you can you can do Particularly the the hikes you mentioned at Red Rock, B, you can do with tennis shoes. Absolutely. Um, Lake Paranagate, you can do tennis shoes. Most of uh, Valley of Fire is totally fine with tennis shoes. I think there's maybe one or two hikes. There's some loose sand there, so it can be a little bit trickier, but I mean... A Valley of Fire is actually very accessible because you can drive to every single hike. Mm -hmm. They're very short hikes. They're sandy, um, so that's what makes them hard, I guess. But but no, it's very accessible. It's one of the most accessible places around here. Especially like the petroglyph trails, which everyone needs to go to. If you've never been to the petroglyphs at Valley of Fire, it's super accessible. I mean, it's... And you get to see some incredible, amazing... Petroglyphs, which are Native American drawings for those that are not familiar with petroglyphs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should definitely also take plenty of water mm-hmm. when you're hiking in the desert. Even when it's um, the winter and you feel like you don't need that much water, you should always have enough water. Um, and sunscreen. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Especially for people like me who are very pale. Fair skinned, yes. <laughs> yes. I don't tan ever. You I burn. burn. <laughs> and I always, you know, I, I tell people um, when they're going out, particularly if they're not experienced going out for the water issue, if you think you have enough water, bring more than mm-hmm. what, if you think you have plenty, bring additional water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I can't remember the exact equation, but I mean, if you're going to be out, particularly like really anytime, you should probably bring at least like 64 ounces of water mm-hmm. when you're out for two hours. I would say that that's, I mean, that's probably more than you'll need, but you should definitely bring it. Sure. Well, and sometimes you will may encounter someone who didn't bring the right supplies, which I know B has a couple stories yes. on like when what happens when you encounter someone who wasn't quite prepared. Um, so you also want to be more prepared because maybe you'll run into somebody that that needs help. So here's the thing. It, it, if you drive out there, 
you can have a good, you know, 30, one of those 36 ounces, or I have a big one, a 48 ounce water bottle, and that's what I take with me, but I always have extra water in the car. Mm-hmm. So that I know that if some if I encounter somebody that didn't bring water, like this one time that I found a fool that was running the trails at Red Rock and he didn't have any water. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck are you doing, bro? You're running in the desert. It was hot, too. It was like September, and it was in the middle of the afternoon, and he was like, do you have, do you have any water or food? And I was like what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> so I gave, him all, I gave him all my water and I actually had a little bit of a first aid kit with me and I had electrolytes. Mm-hmm. So like powder Gatorade basically. Mm-hmm. And I gave him that and then I drove him to his car. Hashtag always be safe. Right. Yeah. And so so Ashley double checked for us. So it's actually one liter for every two hours you're out. So you, that's okay. probably, that's the minimum. Yeah. You'd want to do more than that, but that's that's mm-hmm. definitely the minimum. What, what's a liter in ounces? Crickets. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, so. and to that end, like, you don't even have to go out into nature to underestimate you know, your water consumption Not levels. Here. I've yeah. I've been to the wetlands park, which is actually, it's kind of swampy in there. Right. And it's like five kilometers to walk around it. And I once went and it was like early in the morning. And I remember walking around and I didn't have water with me. And I was like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I almost like fainted while I was in the oh, park. Geez. It's very dangerous. So a liter is about 34 ounces. So a 34 ounce yeah. water bottle. So mm-hmm. for every two hours. Okay. Um, so yeah, so you definitely definitely want to want to be prepared with that. Okay. Um, another thing I think it's really important, particularly, I mean, most likely if you're a novice, well, if you're a novice, don't hike in the summer here unless you're at Mount Charleston, and then you have to prepare for more water because you're at a much higher elevation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like summers, Mount Charleston is really the only place you want to be outside for an extended period of time. Um, but then every other time of year, because of Nevada, you want to wear layers. So, like, you don't just want to wear, like, a T-shirt or a, have one jacket with you because, as we know, I mean, even just in the city, the weather can change immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got to plan ahead, particularly if it's the winter. Make sure you have probably, you know, two or three layers of clothes because you can always take them off or add them on as you yes. need to. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, we and we've all got them. I mean, it's a sweatshirt. It's a you know, windbreaker or whatever. Um, you know, and we're like for first for newbies, you don't need to like take a parka or anything because it's not going to get that cold where you go, um, unless you go to Mount Charleston during mm-hmm. the winter. And snacks, yeah. super oh, important. definitely snacks are yeah. snacks are huge stuff. Particularly, I mean, electrolytes. I always bring in like an electrolyte drink if I'm going to go for a longer period of time. But mm-hmm. definitely snacks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. Not not salty. And also, oh, most, thank you. most I of the time, too... I wouldn't think that. I always bring, like, peanuts, actually. Um, you know, <laughs> things point. that, that yeah. people forget. Um, if you're new, don't be drinking alcohol and don't be drinking coffee while you're hiking. Because Because it dehydrates you. Oh, coffee. Because coffee's a diuretic, so right. it makes you want to pee. Uh-huh. And then alcohol, same, but alcohol also depletes your system of a lot of, like... The electrolytes okay. so you don't you don't want to do that all right yeah you want to be in optimal condition right well i mean you just want to be safe and i mean like there's plenty of time to go drinking afterwards you okay. know um and then too like you're carrying a bunch of really heavy things into the wild that you're then gonna have to carry out please mm-hmm. carry them yes out. what's that hashtag leave no trace uh-huh. i always i always take when i go hiking i take a little uh bag with me to be- bring out trash because mm-hmm. i 
you know, it's it's good if you encounter some things, just like bring it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you have pets, please, please pick up after your pet. Mm-hmm. Dog poop may seem like it's natural, but it's not in the desert and it can affect the ecosystem. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good, 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 good tips. Do you guys have uh, any like weird hacks that you, that you use when you go out? So, because my mom is always telling me to go, hi- not, hi- not go hiking alone, but I still do it. I, um, one of my layers is a really bright pink jacket and Mm -hmm. I'm like, if I get lost out here, I'm going to put this on and somebody's going to be able to find me. Right. Like from a helicopter. Yes. Um, and with that in mind, you always want to let somebody know where you're going, Mm -hmm. um, what time you're going, especially like plan ahead, like let them know when you're leaving your house because sometimes you don't have reception, cell reception out there. Um, and it's good to let your most dramatic friend know. (laughs) Because that way, if you don't text them in like two hours, they're going to be like, this fool is dead. Right. It's dead. Let me call somebody. Um, yes. So it's always That's a good, good point. to have somebody uh-huh. checking on you. My mom always told me to bring a whistle. Oh, a whistle. A whistle. So Ashley's mom says, bring a whistle. Okay. Which is what would also be, that is important. Yeah. Um, you but know. It, and I think, I think these, the bright, the bright colors is like a big deal. And I, the last time I went hiking by myself, sorry, mom, um, I realized as I was like out hiking, Everything that I was wearing, like brown pants oh. and a green sweater. So you blend right oh, in. Oh, yeah, I was camouflage. fucking camoed as all <laughs> hell. I was like, if I like break my ankle or so, and no one was out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I break my ankle, like no one's ever going to see me because I mean, my backpack fortunately is bright orange. So like someone could see that, but like I was dressed like the desert <laughs> and I didn't even think about it until I was already out there. Can I yeah. ask, do you guys carry a first aid kit with you? I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually started carrying it because of my work because we, I had to put together first aid kits and I had to take mm-hmm. a first aid certification class for them. Um, so I was like, what am I doing going down the desert with like nothing? So I have a <laughs> very small first aid kit that actually comes with a whistle. Um, you can get some for very cheap or just make your own. You can put it on a little Ziploc bag. Put a, um, a few Band-Aids. Um, mm-hmm. You want to put some kind of um, alcohol. They sell those alcohol uh, w- wipes. wipes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of pills, like a pain reliever, um, right. an, an allergic, something for Benadryl, allergies. Benadryl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And um, a little bit of, ¿cómo se llama? The thing that I always use. Neosporin. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I have some Neosporin and I have... Vapor Roo? Vapor Vaporu. That's how you say it, Vaporu. Sorry. Um, and then, what was the other thing that I wanted to say? Well, the electrolytes right. go in there. So it's really easy. You know, you can just put something together where, mm-hmm. that makes you feel a little safe. Mm-hmm. And you can get most of that stuff at the dollar store. Like, you don't, it doesn't need to be ex- expensive stuff. Exactly. Because you can um, go to the dollar store and even get a little container, like a little you know, closable container that you can put all that stuff in and put it in your bag. Um, You should probably even have it in your car anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's actually um, helpful that is on my first aid kit is um, a pair of tweezers. Oh, yeah. if you have something prickly on you, you can pull it out. Okay. Well, and speaking of preparedness, so if someone is new to Las Vegas, to Southern Nevada, they want to get out there, what resources exist to see maps and to get get an idea of the lay of the land? There's plenty of maps that you can get at any visitor center Mm -hmm. um, or... 
online. There's actually, I brought one of these, you know, because <laughs> this is very visual, right? So uh -huh. I brought one of these to show people. Okay. Um, it's called Neon to Nature, and it's all the Southern Nevada uh, trails. Mm -hmm. And that includes all the urban trails that you can go around in the valley, um, in the parks. But there's also, like, that's also an app where right. if you just want to get a walk um, and you are somewhere around the city and you don't know what parks are near you, you can just pull it up, it reads your location, and it tells you, oh, there's this park, and it has a trail right around it, and it's a mile long. Mm -hmm. Or it tells you, oh, you're really close to this trail entrance. Um, so it's really cool. It's called Neon to Nature, mm -hmm. and it's a map form or um, an app. Okay. And are there any resource, like any resources that the city offers, or any nonprofits in terms of like classes, like first aid or how to hike or how to tie a knot or what have you? You know, um, actually, I don't know the hashtag ad. Maybe mm -hmm. they want to sponsor us in the future. But REI, the mm -hmm. local REI stores, they have classes and. Um, a lot of them are free. Some of them you have to pay like $5 or $10 for them. Mm -hmm. um, but they have classes about giving you some introduction to different parks. Sometimes they have people come in and uh, talking about Lake Mead, hiking at Lake Mead, or Red Rock, or um, Southern Utah. You know, they, they have different areas where they bring experts to talk about them. But also you should totally check out local nonprofits. Mm -hmm. um, Friends of Nevada Wilderness actually host a nature talk. They call uh -huh. it um, Wild Speaker Series. Mm -hmm. And they host them, they've been hosting them at REI in Boca Park, but it's on the first... Thursday of every month and they put that information on Facebook they're completely free um, when you go in you can meet people that have been doing this forever um, and one of the other resources that is very useful in southern Nevada in Nevada in general is burdenhike.com was it burden hike burden hike uh -huh. that one you go in and you say i want to go hike gold butte or i want to go to red rock or valley of fire and it basically lists every single trail that you can encounter wow and it has very easy instructions and you know not all of our trails are marked mm -hmm. so it would say you see this rock shaped as a mushroom and then <laughs> you walk 10 steps or like this many feet and so and so. Mm -hmm. So it's very useful and it's very user friendly. Okay. Well, to that point, uh, to that end, I actually came across a meetup group on Meetup, um, Friends of Gold Butte. And it's mm -hmm. a group of people that go out to Gold Butte and they actually put together day trips and overnight camping trips. And they get sponsors and they get the food and the. Um, what do you call it? The tents and everything. You just have to get yourself to like the meeting point. But I think that's like an excellent opportunity if you want to go out hiking, but you don't have other people to do it with or X, Y, Z. These people will take you out. Sometimes they pair it up with astronomers or like, you know, uh, park rangers will take you out there and they'll really give you um, the history of the park. So that's a great, I think that's an excellent resource. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. and, and I would say too, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're listening and you're a UNLV student, there's a program at UNLV that actually does guided hikes and they do equipment rentals and, and that sort of thing too. So if you, you're already paying for it. If you're a UNLV student, you're already paying for it. And it's at the rec center at, at UNLV. Okay. Um, so it's, I believe it's called Outdoor Adventures. Yeah. 
That's so, a, that's so a that's, resource. Like, that's a really, it's a great way. Um, I don't know if College of Southern Nevada has something similar or Nevada State College, but definitely if you're a UNLV student, like, check it out. You're already paying for it. It's already in your fees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, there's a lot of, I wanted to mention this because I just thought about it. Um, I've met several of my friends through mm-hmm. online hiking groups. Uh-huh. Um, I met a friend of mine. Now it's, she's a really close friend of mine through a group that's called, it was actually a hashtag. I found it through the hashtag. It's Girls Who Hike Nevada. Girl, Girls Who Hike Envy. And then there's also Women Who Hike. And all of these groups, they're like Instagram groups, you know? Oh, cool. And then, But they also have local chapters, chapters. which is, you know, just people coming together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can always find that too. Yeah. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, B, for coming on and talking with us about your favorite thing or one of your favorite things. Pleasure. I yes. love it so much. <laughs> well, we'll definitely have you back. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my co-wrangler, Allison, and, of course, our wonderful team, um, uh, Jose Sotelo, who is our producer and the composer of our theme music. Um, we also have Ashley Pacheco with research assistance and fact checking. And of course, today you heard from B, otherwise known as Berta Gutierrez, who is our creative director. And then you may have heard a little bit from Raven, the dog in the den of descent earlier as her tail was wagging wildly because she was like, I want to go outside. She was like, did they say walk? Yeah. Did they say walk? Did they say, is this nature? Is this nature? Yeah. All right. That's what Allison used to say. Oh, never mind. You're doing the crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Giddy up. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs>